Kia ora, tēnā koutou katoa. Welcome to Airman's Podcast, episode 376. Today is Tuesday, February 28th, 2023. Well, I certainly picked the wrong time to take a long break. So much has been going on in New Zealand already this year, and I wasn't here to talk about it. But, it, you know, it is what it is. I actually hadn't planned on taking such a long break. It's just, I also didn't feel like it. So I didn't do it. But the big story probably is one that I'm sure everybody has already heard, and that is that Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern resigned as Prime Minister in January, and a few days later she was replaced by an MP named Chris Hipkins, and he describes himself as a working-class boy from the hut, referring to the lower hut, which is an area north of Wellington, for which he is the MP. And his deputy prime minister, deputy leader, deputy prime minister, is... Um, Carmel Cipollone, who is an MP for a West Auckland electorate. She is the first woman of Pacifica heritage to be a deputy prime minister in in New Zealand. So, and I think they're going to do a great job. They've been doing a a really good job so far. But in her uh, statement of resignation, she, uh, the former prime minister, Jacinda Ardern, talked about how she was essentially out of gas. She just didn't have it in her anymore to be to take on the duties of being prime minister and so on. And I have absolutely every reason to believe that that's the case. I do think that she just found it exhausting over time. And 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 in fairness, too many people I think tend to see that as some sort of weakness or something as opposed to I mean, why should we celebrate people who stay on too long? I don't know. Anyway, I I don't have any special insight. What I do know, however, is that she was a the victim of a very long and very vicious, often very violence-tinged campaign of hatred and vitriol against her. There were some researchers who did a study of the darkest corners of the internet, as, as it's called, and they looked at, I think it was seven uh, public of, public figures, politicians and agency heads, that sort of thing. And they found that nine out of 10 of the hateful posts they tracked attacked Jacinda Ardern. And there were some really worrying things like the fact that there were, that often the, uh, the, the one of the most common search terms that they used to find these posts were the name of Jacinda Ardern's nearly five-year-old daughter. So these these are not nice people, and they were threatening violence, they were threatening death, or wishing it at the very least. And as soon as she announced her resignation, they claimed victory, that they, that they had um, somehow driven her out or something. A few days later, she was at her last public um, appearance as prime minister, and she was asked about it, and she said, look, the vast majority of New Zealanders were never showed me anything but kindness and support. And I think that's absolutely true because the vast majority of New Zealanders are not the loons, goons, and cartoons who are doing this sort of crap. So I think she was absolutely right. However, I do also think that we do ourselves a disservice by not calling out this sort of vitriol and hatred when it rears its head. And not talking about it doesn't make it go away. There, it, 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 We need to understand that this threat is there, that it's real, and that it it has this strong potential for violence to undermine our democracy. And we need to, 
we need to find some way to deal with it. And I don't know what that way is. I don't know what the long-term solution is, but pretending it's not happening and that it doesn't exist isn't going to do any of us any good. And I do know that we do not know how many people were arrested for making threats against the life of the prime minister. However, I do know that there have been several prosecutions and convictions, and all of them were part of the loon, loons, goons, and cartoons squad, like the sword who were occupy, illegally occupying the parliament grounds a year ago. And, you know, the people who traffic in conspiracy theories, and they, they get all of this bullshit from the U.S., and they're on all of these... these um, places where people go to talk about things they don't want the police finding out about. And uh, where, you know, there's a greater deal of anonymity and stuff like that. And uh, it's very troubling. And we've got to find a way as a, as a civilization to deal with these people. Or if we ignore them, it will be at our peril. And I suspect that the solution long-term is to find out why they are so disaffected and then dealing with that. Either that or set up um, deprogramming. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what the answer is. But that was only the start of things. <laughs> we have had so far three major storms sweep through the upper North Island this year. The first was Cyclone Hale, which actually wasn't that as big a deal for much of the country as, it, as we thought it might be. It was not much of anything here in Hamilton. Auckland got heavy rain. There was a lot of there were a lot of washouts in the Coromandel Peninsula, and also in the uh, Bay of Plenty, which is um, just to the east of the Coromandel region, sort of like the, the northern coast of the North Island. But then the next one was a storm that hit on anniversary weekend in Auckland, and that which is the last Monday in January, and it caused extensive and as far as I know, pretty much unprecedented flooding in Auckland. There were some 200, I think it was 260 homes that were red stickered, which means um, people were forbidden to enter them. There were uh, cliffs that collapsed. There was all sorts of hardship, and still there is still is hardship. And then it hit Coromandel and also caused more flooding and roads were damaged. And then about a week later, we got hit by Cyclone Gabrielle. And that did cause, um, it caused a lot of damage in Northland, not as much in Auckland as people, as experts were afraid. There was heavy rain here in Hamilton, but the winds were really shocking. And I've, I've blogged about what happened with all of these things. And um, the, of course, there are links to a lot of the stuff in the show notes to this episode. But the um, the thing that that happened then is that Gabrielle moved on, again hit the Carmandel at one point Carmandel was cut off from the rest of New Zealand because all the roads in and out were, were closed, but it went on and it hit the Northeastern corner or whatever of New Zealand down the Eastern coast, especially bad. At one point there were 6,500 people who were non-contactable. Now that's probably mostly because the cell phone service was knocked out. The landline was knocked out. There was no power. And these it was, and some of these areas are really quite remote, so it was very difficult to verify that these people were okay. And as of yesterday, that was down to five people, and there was one who was officially declared as missing. And that's that's where we sit. And so, 
It was really horrible. And the government has responded by um, putting in a special lotto draw uh, in March, I think it is. And that's for New Zealanders to um, contribute to the the effort to to help the people of that area who were hit so hard. And uh, I be, the thing about about these the, the last two storms in particular, the anniversary weekend one in, in Cyclone Gabriel, is they both hit uh, food production areas of New Zealand. The anniversary storm um, knocked out crops in South Auckland, particularly in Pukekohe, which is not far from where Nigel and I last lived. And that is an area where a lot of the pro- fresh produce that New Zealanders have comes from, like onions and potatoes in particular, especially onions. And the onion crop had just been harvested, and what they do is they leave it on the surface of the ground to dry out a bit before it's all gathered up. Only they didn't get a chance to gather it up because the storms hit and washed it all out into the roads and so on, and it had to be destroyed because it was contaminated with runoff water, which got you know industrial-type pollution, uh, agrochemicals, oil and, and petrol products from the road surface itself, and sewage. Nice. In Hawke's Bay, Hawke's Bay is a major food-growing region. Fruits and vegetables, uh, tomatoes, uh, wine, and a lot of that has been wiped out. It's There's no way of knowing how long it's going to take to actually recover from all this, but they're already making uh, references to and talking about managed retreat, which is to say the communities that are in areas that are prone to flooding like this will be abandoned and reestablished elsewhere on higher ground because this sort of thing is going to keep happening. This is climate change in action. And we have to prepare for a future in with not not just the, the, a future with frequent storms and very severe storms more frequently. So it's it's a major challenge going forward. And last week, we also heard that there was, there, they were, the, the Met Service, which is the weather agency, was looking, watching two tropical lows that looked like they could develop into cyclones. Well, since then, one of them, they have said they're certain is not going to come near New Zealand, and the other one probably won't, which is good news indeed. But there is an international, um, I guess, relief effort is the word that the government has launched so that anyone overseas who wants to can donate to help the people of the areas in the east, in particular, Northland, but also Tairafati, which is the northeastern corner of the North Island, and um, the area around Gisborne and Napier, Hawke's Bay, that, those sorts of areas. And it, it'll basically do some of the things that it's not really in the government's brief to do, some of the more social stuff to help people recover, at least that's my understanding. I I suppose I could find out more about that at some point. <laughs> but that's pretty much what has been going on with us. The political turmoil and then storm after storm after storm. And cyclone season, by the way, it runs from November through March. And it uh, tends to peak in late February and early March. So we still could get a cyclone or two, well, probably not two, we still could get a cyclone before the season starts to fizzle out, but hopefully we won't have any more. It would be nice if we had a little bit of time to dry out. I mean, 
On the one hand, it's been nice because my lawns have been all green and lush all summer long, which never happens normally. It starts browning out because of the browning off because of the lack of rain and the heat. But we haven't had that this year. We had no weather restrictions, or sorry, uh, water restrictions in Hamilton this year at all, whereas normally we do. And uh, but the downside of that is, of course, that I've had to to mow my lawns every week or so. So <laughs> there's there's that too. But yeah, it, it's been it's been a trying time, and there's actually already been discussion in the media from time to time about how all of this rain and bad weather has affected the the emotional state of people because we haven't had a normal summer by any stretch of the imagination and some people are beginning to kind of be over it <laughs> understandably and so i don't know i don't know how how this is ultimately going to um affect people but you know coming at a time with extremely high cost of living and all sorts of other things going on wars and so on it's just it's a bit much and there was a time there when it felt like new zealand just couldn't catch a break because we had uh, cyclone hail and then we had the anniversary weekends and then uh gabrielle was steaming towards new zealand was already starting to cause damage and when the when Prime Minister Chris Hipkins was told about it, he, he said he couldn't repeat what he was thinking, but he felt like looking out the window to see if there was a plague of locusts coming because it just seems like New Zealand can't catch a break. But it's sunny today. It wasn't supposed to be. It is supposed to be sunny the next two days, and hopefully that'll be the case because just a little bit of nice, stable weather would be nice. Although, having said that, even when it's not been particularly rainy here in Hamilton, it's been we, there have been several days of heavy rain in in Auckland, but also in uh, the East Coast, and that's not good because in some areas there's like two meters of silt, and that's just I can't imagine having to deal with that. And for for the record, I mean I've I've blogged about how I experienced the cyclone gabriel in particular but for the record i'm not in any danger from these sorts of weather events per se because i'm on relatively high ground so i'm not going to get flooded and the the ground itself is stable so it's not like there it, if there was flooding or heavy rain or, or what have you that there would be any sort of slips to worry about the only thing that did concern me during gabriel was the strength of the wind because i was sitting watching tv and I could hear it blowing around the, the solar power collectors up on the roof above me. And there were a couple of times I thought that was going to rip them off. Now, I knew intellectually and rationally that they are well secured for that very eventuality. But at the same time, it cer certainly was concerning and it certainly irrational me certainly thought, geez, this is, this is going to, it's all going to fall apart. But it, of course it didn't. Because as I knew, they are designed for that. But that was the scary part. And I eventually just went to bed because it was just so noisy. And I thought, maybe if I, if I sleep, it won't be so bad. And I did because not long after I went to bed, the wind stopped. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, weather, eh? As my mother used to say, whether it rains or whether it snows, we shall have weather, whether or no. Is apparently an elocution lesson she got when she was a little girl. But that is it for this episode. It was just a 
update on the very big stories that have been happening so far this year. And next time when I'm back, I'll be talking about updates for me. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like there's just not enough room in the day for me anymore. <laughs> but that's it for today. That's it for this month already. I'll talk to you soon. Kakete no. Bye. You can comment on this or any episode of the Airman's Podcast at airmanspodcast.com, where you can also leave a voice message. You can visit and comment on the Amarin's Facebook page, or you can email me with or without a voice message at amarin's at gmail.com. This podcast is a proud member of the Pride 48 Network and is produced and distributed under Creative Commons license. Complete details at the website. <laughs>